0: Hey ladies, welcome to WTF, Women Talking Frankly, a running conversation
1: with your hosts, Kyle and Candace. And you, about issues facing women, such as health, hormones, our looks, our libido, life, and anything in between. We promise to dig deep and get into it each episode. Welcome. We're so glad you joined us today.
0: Okay, we're back in the studio again. All of us are vaccinated. It is a beautiful day in May. We're all feeling a little bit more hopeful. We're starting to make plans again. But like everyone is kind of nervously optimistic. Although 2021 is feeling a little different. It's feeling lighter to me. But I think all of us have been changed in some way. And one of the words I heard on the radio recently is the word languishing. And I think it really, yeah. really does sum it up. You know, it's a feeling of inertia, uncertainty. Like, how can we really return to some sense of normalcy again? Or will we begin to have to pull things back again all too soon? Recently in Oregon, we had to actually um, close things up a little bit. We went from a um, high risk to extremely high risk. It was supposed to be for two weeks, but we did so well. Now we're back to high risk. So it's always this sort of like... Um, Two steps forward, one step back thing, but um, we are feeling like we are moving forward. But it's still hard to hear the news because then you hear about India, you hear about Brazil, and then we get yeah. we want to get those places vaccinated. Until we do that, we all live a little bit more nervously. But with our return to more normal feeling lives, we can refocus on more men- mundane and ever-present issues, like hormone balance, which is what we started out with. Hormones got, are mundane? Well, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Not mundane, but they're Shit. but they're every everyday. And that we sort of, I mean, you Candice, you and I like talked it. about this. We sort of felt like in this last year, even though people were concerned about their health and their hormone balance, they were really so, we were in survival mode. And so people were just mm-hmm. really focusing on how do we get through this pandemic. But- um, but we like to talk, about, call ourselves, you know, um, WTF, and we've delved. Which into, stands
1: for? Um, women
0: what? talking frankly, or you know what? Yeah. Um, where's the food? Where's the feast? So what the fuck? Um, but we Isn't have delved- she brave. She's brave. But we have delved into estrogen and progesterone. So now it's time to talk testosterone and DHEA, the androgens. So we reached out to one of our favorite people in the world, yay, who's also yay. been a very popular guest in the past. Natalie Gustafson, who knows Welcome. more than anybody. Knows Thank more than you. anybody. Welcome, Natalie. Natalie's a Welcome pharmacist, back. and I'm she so owns Lloyd Central Pharmacy. A compounding It um, used to be called she Lloyd Center, but now it's called Lloyd Central Compounding Pharmacy here in mm-hmm. Portland. And I met Natalie. Let's see. When did you? What year did you come out here? Two thousand and eight. Oh, I thought it was two thousand five. From Whoops, where? So
1: I know. What from? From Boston. From Boston. Yeah. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And Natalie came oh. out, and she
0: mm-hmm. was she was um, looking at getting a pharmacy, and she was uh, bought a pharmacy from Rodney Goff, mm-hmm. and he mentored her for a year, right? Kind of made sure that you were the right fit. Yeah. And she was with Pacific Compounds out in Fort... Uh, by then, it was in Hillsborough, I yes. think, right? Mm-hmm. And she came out with her lovely hus- husband, Adam, mm-hmm. and they started the pharmacy, and they were the cutest, youngest couple I'd ever met that were that successful and smart.
2: Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's very sweet. No, it's yeah, really tr- g- very g- yeah. That all together.
0: Yeah. yeah, and Natalie is uh, an amazing not only a, a wealth of information about pharmacy but life and well and illness. You know, you think about a pharmacist and you can call them and ask them questions, but you know. I've come as a provider to rely on that pharmacy to, you know, in the middle of the day, going, mm-hmm. oh, hold on a second, I've got to call Natalie or one of her great pharmacists to answer my question. And they're always there. It's like, I don't have to wait and do some digging. You guys have always been so responsive and amazing.
1: So Aww. not only for providers, but for patients to oh, be able to God. use a compounding pharmacy as a resource for which providers in an area know their stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and at, at one it's point, it's a really it's so good important. resource to get to know your local compounder.
0: And I think what the, the transition was so so interesting for me to watch was Rodney went from a compounding pharmacy, regular pharmacy, to just a compounding pharmacy. And then you took it and you went from a compounding pharmacy and you also sell other drugs as well now. Mm-hmm. And you do a yeah. lot of work.
2: Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm super excited to be back. I am an Oregon native, just so you know. Oh, are you? I am. But I did go to uh, pharmacy school in Boston. So I got <sighs> to live there for a few years, which was. Super fun and highly recommend. Yeah. At least visiting. It's a great Boston. city. It's great. Oh, yeah. the East Coast is great. But I missed Oregon. I'm yeah. an Oregonian at heart and you know, I deal with the rain just fine. So, you know, I think I'm meant to be here. The light coming through the rain.
1: We get mm-hmm. we get good effects here. And we oh, get yeah. great weather. Good. I mean, we have mm-hmm. we, we've
0: had the most amazing spring. As a matter of fact, it's been a little too amazing because we are a little bit short on water. But it has been like you know, it feels like summer half the time lately, right? doesn't it? It's totally kind of especially this
2: week. Perfect weather.
0: I know. So we haven't talked about you know we talked about you know women. We're all born with estrogen, progesterone, test. I mean, well, not four. that we all all women and men have hormone levels that have estrogen, progesterone, testosterone. But people think of testosterone, I think, and DHE as being more of male hormone. So we wanted to delve into, you know, what is it, um, what that testosterone does, what happens when we get out of balance, and what our goals are for treatment when we find mm-hmm. out that we don't have the balance that we want. Yeah. So let's talk about testosterone first and what it does. Well,
1: let's talk, let's define androgens. Yeah, and okay. Then, yeah, mm-hmm. and that, yeah. that word being Andro, meaning male in mm-hmm. Greek, or masculine male, yes. so yeah. somehow yeah. this to align with the idea that men have heavier bones, heavier muscles, more mm-hmm. hair on their bodies, deeper voices, mm-hmm. some of the masculinizing effects of the androgens, testosterone, and DHEA. So it's just kind of a little intro to why we call them andro, mm-hmm. androgens. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but-
2: yeah, and you know, it's a frequently overlooked topic for women because of that yeah. association with male and men and, and mm-hmm. all that. And so in conventional medicine, a lot of times they don't even test for that or mm-hmm. think about that as a reason why they might be seeing some of the symptoms that they do, because it is so heavily associated with men. You know, that's the first thing they would check if they see a hormone imbalance or symptoms of that. But for women, not necessarily so much.
0: Yeah. Right. And, and sometimes you hear terms like, oh, she's so masculine, you know, mm-hmm. or a man is so feminine, you know, it's kind of like what, what's happening there? What's the hormone? changes there. Mm -hmm. I remember when I first started um, working in the field of women's health, prescribing uh, birth control pills. And there was a book, you probably remember this book, it was called the Dickey book of, you know, birth control pills. And they would actually have you look at the different progestins in the pills, and they would tell you how androgenic they were. Because some Mm -hmm. women, you put them on a certain birth control pill, they would get acne, or they would get extra hair growth. And you would look and you could see that that Progesterone was more dominant in
1: that way. Progesterone not being the progestin. real progesterone. Progestin, progestin, yes. right. progestin not yes. being she's right. not referring yes. to natural, yeah. bioidentical.
2: Yeah, some progesterone. Some progestins are derived from progesterone, like the medroxyprogesterone mm-hmm. acetate. But most of the rest that we think about in birth controls. Are, like uh, medications tend to be more testosterone derived. Mm. So they definitely do have a bit of that piece to them. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I did not
0: realize that. So, yeah. you know, anyway, so we think about, like you said, Candice, when we think about what testosterone does, in, in general, it makes your muscles stronger and that you tend to build muscle better. It helps with libido. Mm -hmm. We were talking about cognition. I think it has to do with like logical, you know, reasoning, Mm -hmm. um, certain kinds of memory. What you were saying, Natalie, before. Oh,
2: yeah,
1: spatial memory. Spatial
2: Mm -hmm. memory. That makes sense. How well you you process
1: information, I think, Mm -hmm. and
2: Mm -hmm. focus. Analytical thinking
0: type things, like you know,
2: differs between men and women. So in in men, estrogen and testosterone do slightly different things with memory and and attention. For women, estrogen is our main Mm -hmm. attention piece. For men, testosterone Mm -hmm. is. And that's why huh? women can. Okay.
0: Well, this is a generalization, but I would say that we probably all in this room, and even Dan, who's our <laughs> our, our uh, token male in the room, um, <laughs> believe that women are better multitaskers. And I think that's what happens when we get to be menopausal. Is that when, one of the great things I have always hear is I can't I can't juggle all the balls in the air anymore. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm having a hard time mm-hmm. keeping it all mm-hmm. together. You yeah. become more forgetful in that way, as opposed to maybe forgetting names, but. That comes later, but just more that I can't remember. You know mm-hmm. where things are and how my kids are doing and what where I'm supposed to be.
1: So, so what you're saying, Natalie, mm-hmm. is that because the estrogens, we know that when the estrogens get low, that's when you get into this place of uh, why did I walk into this room where where you you're not you're not focusing or concentrating right. well and mm-hmm. yeah. remembering things. Mm-hmm. So that's more. Uh, more relevant to estrogen levels being low than to testosterone levels being lower in women?
2: Yeah, it can be both. Definitely because estrogen drops more than testosterone does after menopause, the estrogen is definitely the big piece to that. Uh Testosterone is what helps our brains be very, what's considered neuroplastic. So um, Hmm. it helps you regenerate new neurons. So Hmm. some of it is that brain health, but definitely that concentration piece is a big estrogen one for women. And what's kind of interesting about this year is that that kind of brain fog that you're talking about, I see that a lot Mm -hmm. with a lot of people this year. So the stress responses kind of give you a similar Mm -hmm. type Uh, issue with that yeah when you say i see that a lot this year Mm -hmm. why do you think there is there
1: to do with the pandemic and the stress
2: oh definitely this underlying absolutely the adrenal stress the just kind of feeling out of sorts you know wearing Mm -hmm. the mask all day long you know i work with people we Mm -hmm. wear a mask eight hours a day no and and it's hard right that's you know it's disorienting mm-hmm You know
0: to wear a mask all the time
1: you kind of feel like you're almost a little bit foggy Mm -hmm. to me totally so say you know acknowledging that women and men we all have the same hormones just Mm -hmm. in different amounts and they have different they have different roles to play Mm -hmm. between men and women in women as you're just saying so when the estrogen is down and our we're losing our focus and our reason for walking into this room at the same time that's when the androgens tend to rise relatively speaking mm-hmm. isn't that i mean our estrogen and progesterone in that they're declining yes particularly the progesterone mm-hmm. piece the androgens rise relatively and it, yeah. I mean, it seems that that's where you know what were you just saying, Kyle? Women who are older are called what were you just saying? We you know we think of the crone, we think of the women oh, that are irritable and aggressive, like and the chin hairs, and
0: I don't. I wouldn't say that all women have higher levels of testosterone as they get older. I think what I think what I've seen, maybe you can correct mm-hmm. me on this, is that testosterone tends to drop more slowly in most women, like because the ovaries continue to make testosterone longer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so Yeah. So I think relatively
1: that's, still, is it not somewhat? But, I mean, if you were to look at the balance, as these other two are dropping, androgens tend to be more yes. robust. prominent yeah, be- or dominant. Yes. yes.
2: Yeah. In relative terms. Yeah. Because the testosterone in is staying terms. pretty well, consistent, like, yeah. but the estrogen and progesterone are dropping, mm-hmm. definitely we see that rise in the testosterone to estrogen ratio, which, as we right. know, has a big impact on cardiovascular health too, right? Yeah. Sure. And I remember, you know, when women
0: um, would get go in for like a hysterectomy for having their uterus taken out, and they're sort of in that perimenopausal time, a lot of times the doctors would say, well, we're going to hang on to your ovaries, even though they're not producing as much. A lot of times women will produce testosterone almost up to 10 years after they hit menopause, mm-hmm. so they have a lot of value. So you don't want to just t- throw the baby out with the bathwater. That's right. So there's a lot of reasons to hang on to it. So let's. So basically, if you have um, your androgens fluctuating, what we're going to see is hot, more chin hair growth we've all heard about you know candace gave me a pair of light up tweezers and i always loved
2: her for that we've definitely only heard about this supposed chin hair growth right none of us have ever experienced that personally i've (laughs) actually
0: told my husband recently i used to tell my girlfriends if i ever am in a coma you have to rescue me now i recently (sighs) told my husband i said honey if you if if i'm laying there in a coma you have to get those special tweezers out
2: (laughs) oh that's true love True love, right that there. Be the wor- very I, important, I, I, though. It is very important. Imagine you that you know just- a
0: lot
1: of women that live in fear of that.
0: I know, and then also you know some some women actually get acne as they get older. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. now with the mask, they're calling it um, maskney. <laughs> the struggle oh, no, is I real it's with knee. <laughs> and then also then you have the uh, the changes in our libido. I mean, if your if your testosterone is lower than it used, to, it may be higher in re- relation to your estrogen, but it's still lower in relation to what you used to have. Low libido. Delayed response sexually, slower orgasms. You hear that all the time. So
1: common. I I Mm -hmm. almost, in women over 45, I would say, you know, you've got two different things going. Women in their 40s are often, they're perimenopausal. They've got jobs. They've got kids during the pandemic. They've Mm -hmm. been doing both at home, homeschooling. They're under so much stress. They're still trying to work out and they just have absolutely no interest. You know, they'll say zero zero sex drive, zero libido, not that I don't love my husband, not that I don't find him attractive, but I'm just, you know, not in the mood. Or women will say, I wish, you know, I'm willing, but I just wish I had the desire. Mm-hmm. I wish I had, you know, more desire. And, and people are really, and then older women are sort of, I don't you know, I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> anymore. You know, I've done that. that Been shit I did my reproductive role. Right. I mean, there's no kitchen table activity here for me anymore. But the women in their 40s and in that transitional period, I think are really troubled by that. Mm-hmm. You know, that 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 that's some that's a, an important aspect of things. But and then even younger women, my own daughters don't listen, girls. <laughs> but yeah, I think and if they're yeah. on the birth control pill, and I
0: think a lot of people too. I mean, there's so much emphasis in the new in the social media about it too, mm-hmm. that I think you feel the pressure. Absolutely, you know, to yeah. like, why am I normal? Am I, you know, am I subnormal? What's going on? What are my friends doing? And so,
1: I think it's mm-hmm. a it's a conversation that you know needs to mm-hmm. be had. So but, interestingly, though, what do you see more? Because we're talking about a situation where we've got highs and lows. I mean, both highs and lows of the androgens will cause significant symptoms. So we were just saying if they're high, we get the oily skin and the acne, the the, you know, the hair, I guess the androgens kind of rule the hair follicles in that area. I mean, why is it that we get why do people get the the acne around their chin and their, you know, that's so common male pattern?
2: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, for the same reason, men grow beards. I mean, those yeah. are those are the follicles that they stimulate and mm-hmm. then the oil production. So you have higher oil production in those pores. That makes sense. And so you do definitely get a higher in that area for sure with that. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because we have started girls much younger ages on these oral contraceptives very early now, yes. right, for a variety of things. But one of the things that isn't really discussed with that is... It drops your testosterone levels. And it can do so permanently or up to 10 years after. And I don't think people really think about that so much. The birth control
1: pill, you're saying? Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah, yeah, it does. You
1: always see it low. I was was
0: always taught, you know, not to start the birth control pill before age fifteen, if you can help it, unless they have severe dysmenorrhea, and 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 probably looking back on that now, we probably could do other things to help them. But in general, putting a young girl on birth control pills always seemed to me like "Mm, just not the best thing to do.
2: Yeah, especially during development.
0: Yeah, they still could be Mm -hmm. their their whole you know hormonal axis is still developing. You don't want to disrupt that.
1: And Absolutely. we are going yeah. to talk about PCOS, but one of the links that I remember reading about was that birth control, birth, the, the hormonal birth control can raise insulin levels, which is a, you know, which is a risk for um, the PCOS because mm-hmm. insulin levels tend to uh, pr- promote increased production of testosterone.
2: Yes, and, p- and, and, and increase insulin resistance as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, yes, insulin both. resistance, mm-hmm.
1: and then low, yeah, so there are all kinds of, because we have these younger women- you know we talk about chin hairs in older women but we've got younger women that have real problems with excess facial hair and we'll, we'll talk about that with and the PCOS. pcos
0: just for a quick definition yeah. stands for something polycystic. called polycystic ovarian syndrome and we'll get back to that in a few um, so let's think back testosterone though where is testosterone made
2: yeah so the majority of what we have made it comes from our adrenal glands as women and mm-hmm. some of it is directly from the adrenal. Some of it's actually uh, from precursor androgen that gets converted over. But we do, about a quarter of our testosterone is made from ovaries. And this is, of course, pre- Menopausal. Postmenopausal, you'll start to see some of the ovarian production drop with that. It does maintain, but it will start dropping over time. So, three
0: fourths is made by our adrenals.
2: Yeah. Wow. I know. That's why adrenals are so important for us. That's why when you have so
0: much stress, you Mm -hmm. see a lack of libido and maybe cognition. Hugely. Oh, yeah, sure. Confidence and all those things. That makes sense. Yeah. Then
1: the other androgen, DHEA, is Mm -hmm. also made by the adrenals. It is. And it tends to go up. With stress, no chronic cortisol stress. goes up with stress. Well, do- cortisol does, but DHEA will also show a stress response. It often goes if, down. If it's, it, well, I'm talking about like vigorous activity mm. or something that you so, know. So, ac- so yeah. So acutely, it will go up, but in the long term, remember,
0: Dr. Zava was here. Long term, long term stress and like PTSD, the levels will flatten, and they often won't rebound. Is what mm-hmm. he explained to us. Yeah, I
1: wish I could understand why in the in the people that I test, there are so many young women that I test, and they. Almost always have high DHEA, well, I, and a low lot of testosterone, to... and they're all working out well, high that, well, intensity that's why. workouts. So DHEA so is often meaning. associated with uh, with, uh, with
0: athleticism. Yeah, mm-hmm. higher DHEA, and it should
1: be higher in young, fit mm-hmm. adults. Yes, yes. It young, be. fit, yeah.
0: active. I had yeah. a, higher, a higher than normal one, and I work yeah. out a lot. So I, even in my forties and fifties, my, my DHEA is like above the normal range, mm-hmm. and there's no reason other than I work out.
2: Yeah, because it's probably,
0: probably somewhat genetic. Yeah. Which is a stressor.
1: Um, I actually, mean an extreme workout it, it, it's, it's a well when you think of stress as any re, anything that creates a response that, that demands a response from the adrenals to produce energy I don't think you
0: I didn't look at it that way when I was working with a hormone balance I would look at uh, too high of a DHE then I'd start thinking of more of an androgen imbalance like PCOS but in general if somebody's the higher level of DHE I didn't worry about it I thought that was a right. good thing mm-hmm. we yeah. see
2: testosterone depletion very commonly in uh, athletes who exercise heavily in both men and women like Mm -hmm. bodybuilders often have to replace they don't have a lot of testosterone and so I think you are using up some of those stores with that they sometimes see it in uh, things like firefighters and other where maybe the sleep-wake cycles are disturbed Mm -hmm. that stress on the adrenal glands that kind of thing you you can see it in, in those cases too Um, So certainly we see a lot of low testosterone for them. I do tend to see with cortisol going up, DHEA going down because they are both made by the adrenal gland. So there's a competition, you know, it's got to Mm -hmm. shift, right? It it only has so many resources to make things. Plus think about if you aren't having progesterone to kind of feed into that cortisol too, right? It's all, it's got to produce more and then it doesn't have the same resources to make the DHEA. So so saying that women make about, 75%
0: 75% of the testosterone in the mm-hmm. adrenals. How much do men make in their testes as opposed to their adrenals? About? It's
2: almost solely from, from testes. testes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so
0: stress is not going to have, theoretically... As big an impact,
2: theoretically, though we do see that kind of shift to estrogens, right? So, right? So, and we know oh, that can that you makes know, sense. sure, sure, It won't okay, you the, astro- the t- testosterone the aromatization, being yeah, in mm-hmm. the fat cells, yes, exactly. So, okay. could
0: you explain that real quickly? So that's a that's a, a term that we just threw out there. I Sorry, think yeah. no, no, but I mean, our audience won't, not everybody's going to know what aromatization Fair. means, right. Yes.
2: So, testosterone can convert into estrogens. That's true for women too, right? And so, it is one of the things we have to watch when we give testosterone because you are. Going affect the estrogen Mm level so when you add that testosterone in we always have to monitor to make sure that the estrogens don't go too high or do we need to reduce the estrogen dose Mm -hmm. and for men we can also see that conversion happen it happens usually with like fat cells and different things like that Mm -hmm. that man boobs yep man boobs the whole beer gut right we talk about the beer gut and so you have that more adipose tissue that fat tissue that is Is helping that conversion oh yeah yeah yeah, you can kind of visually see, right? Mm-hmm. And and for women too, like estrogen is what helps us prepare to have a baby. So we, you know, add that abdominal fat. We're getting ready to do that and menopause. Little little does our body know we're not always trying to get pregnant. No, no stop it. I'm stop it. I just was
1: reading it. that Just book. want to drink wine. <laughs> exactly. And don't think. please I'm not trying to get pregnant. <laughs> that book, The Cortisol Connection by Sean Corbett, he's talking about men, the lower the testosterone, the greater the central obesity mm-hmm. in men. But what I wanted to get back to so I understand it better, with people who have they're active, they're working out all the time, and they have a high DHEA and a test report but their testosterone is low, why doesn't the DHEA, if it's high, why isn't it converting to provide more testosterone? It
2: could be. I mean, it in could the, be in the cascade, it's supposed to go testosterone
1: mm-hmm. and then to estrogen. Yes. So why isn't it converting to provide women and men with a higher mm-hmm. testosterone level?
2: Yeah. It, it could than- be converting. It could be that they're just depleting their supplies that fast. It is really? possible.
1: Hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So it also could be, and I don't know how much they look in that case, too, to the other androgen metabolites, too, right? Like, because there's other Mm -hmm. ways it can go as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's possible that it's going to those as well. I just know clinically what we see, Mm -hmm. because when I get younger men who are on testosterone therapy, we often will ask why and check to make sure for health and and those kind of reasons. And one of the frequent things I do here are, you know, high activity, you know, either they are hard work or athletic. athlete bodybuilder that kind of thing and and for women this doesn't come up as much at least in my realm i'm getting more just when the women are low in testosterone and what do we do about it and right. how do we do that i i get less of this high dha low testosterone hmm. um it's i get more f- like for me because they're wanting to know how can i help them supplement and exactly. that kind of thing. I i get asked more on that piece which is kind of interesting mm-hmm. but it is interesting and and we certainly do see Imbalances with DHA, like I know in major depression, if you look at like DHA to cortisol, mm-hmm. that ratio will be off. Mm-hmm. Um, your cortisol sure. will be too high because there's too much of that uh, HPA axis, which is what regulates a lot of that cortisol production and stress response. That gets really off for for patients with depression and different things, and and so we can see that be off in that too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's, I mean, clearly they're sort of different mechanisms, and but
0: the HPA stands for hypothalamic pituitary access. So yes. It's, it's a pituitary connection in the brain. Adrenal adrenal adre- yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. So when you are seeing that, I saw that as well. I, I think most people I saw, Candace, you know, probably had symptoms of low testosterone. What I was concerned about, and we'll get into DHEA in a minute, when somebody's DHEA levels were too low, was that they were under too much stress for too long. And and, and see these me really too. low levels of DHEA in young women, and that would be very alarming to me. Like, why are you so low? That's you know, you have a, a, you know, basically a DHEA level of a seventy-year-old, and you're in your thirties. That's a problem, and I think that's a function of the life we live now, and mm-hmm. all of the toxins in our world and the stresses. You know, I think people don't always get time for themselves. They don't rebalance themselves. So I, that that's
2: what I saw a lot of.
1: That's funny. I see I, I see a lot of low cortisol. I don't see high cortisols.
2: Yeah, you're probably seeing later in Over, the drain fatigue, the time, right? Yeah, because yeah, they've burned out that high cortisol. Yeah. That's sort of a short period, and then that burns out. Mm-hmm. And so you're seeing this long-term, you know... Where that cortisol has just, it's, just the poor adrenal it, gland has just but, given up. It it's like, could be it's this too much. Year too. It could
1: be this year of oh, testosterone yeah. that I've been seeing that people are under this low, this residual stress all the time. All the time. Uh, well, I think and so.
0: Yeah. I mean, think about it. You know, I always explain to people about cortisol. So we're, we're digressing a little bit, but um, cortisol should be higher in the morning and lower in the evening. It's like charging your, ba- your phone into the battery at night. Mm-hmm. You don't want, but when you start seeing it high at night, that's a problem, but again, this is all related to the world we live in and the stress, and that's probably a separate topic. But it is interesting to see that hormones never are—you know—you can't measure them alone. You have to measure them together, and you have to look at them as a symphony mm-hmm. and say how are they all relating to one another. Yeah. So, in that being said, testosterone does convert to estrogen. What is the mechanism there, and and why, in some cases, does like you said, of course, with poor diet for men the beer gut mm-hmm. men who, who take who drink too much alcohol or beer are going to turn more of that testosterone into estrogen correct Is that what yes. I heard you say mm-hmm.
2: yeah and it can't it's true for women too uh alcohol also can increase that so when women are having a lot of hot flashes and mm-hmm. things like that they do need to be careful with alcohol consumption because that's going to increase that effect mm-hmm. um for them and so yeah it for both You know, men and women, we see that where uh, basically it's that aromatase that I mentioned is the enzyme uh, that helps with that conversion. And so testosterone can go into lots of different metabolites. And in women, estrogen is our most common route with men, you don't really wanna see that route, right? Mm-hmm. That That's an unwelcome <laughs> yes. change for them. Uh, and so certainly we, we get much more concerned when we see that. For women, we anticipate that. And so it's more just making sure that you're accommodating correctly so that you're not over correcting for the estrogens when you do throw in either DHA or testosterone because it's, it's fine to have that conversion for most. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly we'll talk about cases where you don't want that conversion, right? So if you have things like breast cancer or clotting risks and different things. You might get thrown on an anti-androgen, um, or you right. might get thrown on uh, an anti-estrogen type thing that will actually prevent the testosterone from being converted to estrogens. Okay, so well, the- that can
1: be zinc, and it can be as simple mm-hmm. as um, mm-hmm. vitamin. I mean, well, zinc in, in oh, yeah. particular, or dim, Di- these or right. dim. Right. Yes, there's yeah, natural mm.
2: items. Typically, if it's something like cancer, they're going to use a medication. aromatase uh, sub- inhibitor. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So,
0: okay, that being said, so when people do come in, let's talk about measuring that and Mm -hmm. looking at, so what I think the best way to measure testosterone, of course, is in saliva Mm -hmm. levels, and I think most of us in the room here agree, Mm -hmm. because the range is a little bit wider that we can actually treat than it is in blood levels, plus you're measuring the free testosterone, which is what we're most concerned with. right. And, yes. we want to, and so once we decide that somebody does have low testosterone levels, what are some of, since you're a compounding pharmacist, what are some of the ways we can replace that testosterone?
2: Yeah. So there's a lot of different ways to supplement uh, testosterone for women. And certainly I see uh, every form um, under the tongue is really common. Mm-hmm. Uh, so things like lozenges and uh, drops and things like that. Um, it's a fairly common way. One of the things that we know from the testing that they've done with saliva testing, it gets into the body quite quickly and it can leave the body quite quickly through that route. So it's helpful, but if you're needing a more sustained effect, usually a topical um, Mm -hmm. is gonna be a better route. Uh, for that, and so like a cream is a good way to go. Um, some people will uh, topical is most common. We also have people who use it vaginally mm-hmm. or labially, um, yeah. and that's just to get that higher absorption and also to benefit that tissue because there are a lot of androgen effects that are really positive for vaginal tissue mm-hmm. that are being recognized a lot more. We've always looked at estrogen for you know these vaginitis type issues mm-hmm. um, and uh, urinary incontinence type mm-hmm. things, but testosterone is fantastic for helping all those. muscles muscles, and Most helping definitely. prevent leaking and all that. And so it can have a lot of benefits when you do that route. You're also really helping to avoid that liver metabolism, right? Because if you're doing it under the tongue, yeah. you're always going to get some oral. Right. Uh, there's no way around that. You can and take much
1: lower dose in that
2: case. And wasn't right? there yep.
0: some study back in the day, I know um, what I was taught is that at, at, at all costs, try to avoid oral... Uh,
2: I don't like oral don't like testosterone. Oral. The bioavailability, so w- that means like how much is actually available of that testosterone mm-hmm. to the body, it's very low because mm-hmm. it instantly hits that liver and almost all of it is gone right away, which means you're putting a lot of pressure on the liver. And you're mm-hmm. also producing all these metabolites. So mm-hmm. you're not really getting what you want, which is the testosterone. You're getting some metabolites you don't necessarily want. Like a can- D8 dihydrotestosterone, testosterone is not kind of linked D8. to the
1: baldness and the, hair, yes. the hairs. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. yeah facial yeah. hair growth so, and all that. And then progesterone, I think, is a blocker of that. Proge- yes. Natural progesterone mm-hmm. blocks that that enzyme that, yes. that, that promotes that conversion. Yeah. But I just wanted to pipe in here about when we're, if we're already talking about treating with testosterone, that it shouldn't be in a vacuum. I don't know that you are going to see anybody that should be using just t- no. testosterone no. on its own. And as no. you were saying, we test all these levels Mm -hmm, together, because mm -hmm. it's a symphony. And so we're going to see with people who are low in testosterone, you're going to see low progesterone, most likely, low estrogen, um, low estrogen. I mean, this is where the whole picture is. And, and, um, uh, and, and I just wanted to ask before we get into the heavy hitters, the testosterone itself, how about the precursors, like androstenedione or, or or DHEA. Mm-hmm. A lot of women start yeah. using just a lower dose of DHEA when they first, mm-hmm. but, you know, because a lot of women I find, and I'm not a doctor, but just in terms of health education and what we can talk about that's natural that doesn't need to be prescribed, you know, there's strength training that will boost muscle density and muscle mass, and that can boost testosterone naturally. And then you wonder, can I take a, a, a precursor like DHEA and get some conversion out of that? Mm-hmm. I think I think. And I think that tra- can work for women. I think for my. Um, from in my, the beginning? Uh, yeah, I was going to say in younger women. I in think younger
0: women. Yeah. I yeah. think when you get into women who are older, perimenopausal and beyond, I don't think strength training is going to personally going to increase it very much. But definitely I think when you're younger, if people are not very active, they're kind of couch potatoes, getting them off the couch, getting them onto that treadmill, getting them outside walking Mm -hmm. and doing the strength training, is going to definitely increase their testosterone. But once you get to a certain age, unless you, I mean, you can definitely build more muscle, but it's harder to build muscle when you have low testosterone to begin with. It's like this sort of like people say to me, even athletes have said to me over the years, I used to be so athletic, hit menopause and suddenly I have no muscle mass. And so they always were already working out, and now they're mm-hmm. and they, now they've lost that muscle mass, and they, it's hard to get it back. Yeah. without mm-hmm. supplementing the testosterone, mm-hmm. and we always treat to physiologic levels. I mean, I never give. I mean, Natalie knows how I prescribed. I'm a very conservative prescriber. Mm-hmm. I
1: Descri- never. Does, why don't you talk about what you mean when you say physiologic levels?
0: Well, so to- we're measuring. We're measuring mm-hmm. in the to saliva what the levels the, a person has. Let's say I measure Natalie's levels of hormones today. I look at her symptoms. I look at her levels. And then I would treat to get her back to physiological in-range dosing or in-range levels. And I also look to see that I'm not treating her too much, making her an aggressive, crazy, <laughs> road rage woman. Nobody needs that. Nobody needs that. No. no. So I think that physiological yep. levels simply mean giving you the best dose that's going to Give you the best benefits, get rid of your symptoms, but not over treat you, not over prescribe.
1: So you guys are going right to the testosterone. I'm I'm curious about. There are studies out there about. Well, this sounds like a high dose, but Margaret, our good researcher friend, just sent me a study about using 50 milligrams of testosterone. Fifty without of any. Fifty milligrams of testosterone without or any Endometrial thickening. And it being used to, I'll, I'll send you the study. Okay. It, it was a pretty good study. Oral being, or d- transdermal? Uh, I think it's oral. It's oral. So we don't but, use. We
0: don't. We're saying we don't advocate the use of oral very much. I, I
1: have to. I'd have to look okay. at the study. But just the point being that it it raised testosterone mm-hmm. levels. In fact, in her research, it looks like DHEA does convert preferentially to testosterone before it'll go to estrogen. Yeah. And that it can
2: be used to to get there. It has to go through another metabolite, though, in order to go into the testosterone, mm-hmm. right? Because it has to go through the androstenedione, which I can never say well. Andros-dindione? But andros-dindione. Yes, andros-dindione. it has to go and through then, that in order yeah. to go uh, to the testosterone.
1: But um, that is a
2: route. I'm just saying mm-hmm. there are other oh, yeah, routes of course. getting yeah. there. Yeah, there are. Yeah. Before and there was, you
1: start considering... Yeah.
2: And I've certainly had women who walk in because 50 milligram DHA is more commonly available because that's typically uh, male dosing. A male dose, yeah. And I have certainly had them grab that instead of the five milligram Mm -hmm. off the shelf and walk in and they've got acne and chin hair and they're very upset. And then if I ask to see the bottle, that's often what we'll find with that. And so if women are choosing, because it is available over the counter, they can get it without a prescription or with testing. If they are gonna do that, I really recommend going very, I always recommend testing first because I think it's really Mm -hmm. important to know your baselines and know what's really going on. A lot of symptoms overlap. Mm -hmm. And so you might think it's DHA, but maybe it's really estrogen or testosterone or something else or progesterone or high cortisol. I mean, there's so many overlaps. But if they are going to do it, I don't recommend them going above 5 or 10 milligrams. I would keep it really low. The other problem that I often see is not a lot of DHA over-the-counter is what's called micronized. So in order for a hormone to get absorbed into the cell, it must be very, very small. Mm -hmm. Um, Otherwise, it won't go across that cell wall, right? And the problem with a lot of hormones is they naturally are larger than that. And so they have to actually be broken down, which is a process called micronization. So they're made very tiny. And you so- they come at oral forms yes. of delivery, mm-hmm. like yeah. micronized yeah. progesterone mm-hmm.
1: micronized mm-hmm. testosterone.
2: Exactly. And I, I, I recommend so, it for all hormones, right? In right. order for them to work. But what I've frequently seen with over-the-counter DHA, not many of them are micronized. No, and I, so- No, I come to think of it. You yeah. Know,
1: you don't and say so
2: that. how much are you actually going to get? So if you're going to yeah. take it Make sure you're taking a micronized form so that you actually can see the benefit and, and get a sense. Because you might be upping your dose a lot because you're not actually absorbing it. You could switch forms, all of a sudden get micronized and have a very unpleasant and surprise. And to your, and to your point too. about testing, yes. when
0: Candace is telling us here that she's seeing a lot of women with high DHEA levels, yeah. why would I want to give that person more DHEA? I probably wouldn't. Agreed. So that's why I think we're talking about two different populations of people here. And I think you have to be so careful that you know somebody who's o- older is going to be more likely to have a lower DHEA levels, and maybe would be more benefit to give her the DHEA first. Mm-hmm. And I would give a lot yeah. of women DHEA and retest them. And like to Natalie's point, see, not, their DH levels never budged until I used a labial cream of DHEA. Mm-hmm. I would give them oral. I would give them. And that's not systemic,
1: though. Well, yes, Just, it is. yeah, with labial. Yes, No, you apply yeah. it, not localized You apply mm-hmm. it topically. Oh, well, to the yeah. labia and the yeah. labia, sorry. Uh,
0: okay. but it took you know it took takes some trial and error mm-hmm. to get there, and some people, their bodies just do not do not respond well to just transdermal through their skin. They just don't. Yes. And you've seen that. Yeah,
2: I've definitely seen Absorption people. Absorption
1: can be. Yeah, it's really
2: interesting. Problem, it's very hit and miss. Mm-hmm. Um, and we certainly see issues with that. Labial is definitely more consistent because it's really a mucous membrane mm-hmm. like the inside of the mouth or inside the nose, right? Mm-hmm. So Easily it's not really. Absorbed. Yes. Yeah. So can someone use that like pre
1: um, getting in the mood? like Because, <laughs> you know, you think of when we talk about physiologic replacement of hormones, you want to. Like for DHEA, it's produced in the morning normally. Mm -hmm. So we might talk about taking DHEA in the morning. But if you want to kind of get ready or get in the mood, could you use that labial cream would there
0: in be the a risk evening, of would there be a risk of your a partner getting evening. it
1: then? I would worry about yeah. the risk of the partner getting it.
2: Yeah, you definitely would want multi hours between that yeah. just to make okay. sure. Just in case, you know, that's not something that your partner would need. And uh, I think you definitely could it all depends on how low your levels are though, because Mm-hmm. If you're having to get back to normal levels, certainly that won't happen, as you know, with like one dose. But if you are just trying to spike, I certainly see people get DHA or testosterone in different creams that are designed for that. They often have other things in them, uh, things like oxytocin and mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. Uh, things mm-hmm. that are designed to bring blood flow to the Argonine. area. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, right. what, uh, what was it? Um, atropine. Uh, yeah, uh, hmm.
2: atropine. Uh, you'll see uh, arginine, right? Arginine, uh, right. Uh, something called aminophilin, uh Niacin. You can use yes. niacin to do that. That flushing yep. response that you get. That yeah, dream so. cream. That's right. Yeah, so. that's the polite term for it. Yeah, I know. I've I heard, heard some places it cream cream. cream. Yeah, know, that's so true. It's a lot.
0: <laughs> so I think you know basically what so what we're saying is so again, get testosterone. We've identified that somebody has low testosterone. They have the symptoms of low testosterone. We're going to treat them with that, physiologic dosing, see the response, sometimes retest, oftentimes retest, make sure we're still getting them in the in the right range. But I think we've talked a lot about DHEA, so we probably should jump into DHEA. Yeah. Kind of the workhorse. I always call it the workhorse mm-hmm. um, hormone because I remember I would sit there with my little book about... Um, Women, you know, hormones in women, and I, people say, what does DHEA do? And I'd say, well, let me read it to you, because it was like, <laughs> I couldn't remember all the functions. Of, can you think of, I mean, it's amazing how many functions DHEA really has. Mm-hmm. So just, um, it's made mostly in the adrenal glands, would mm-hmm. you say that's mm-hmm. true? Oh, yeah. And, and Most
1: abundant hormone in the body. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. it, and it
0: starts <laughs> out higher when you hit puberty, and it really begins to drop in your twenties and it's pretty low down to like well, you know almost nothing
2: as you get older. Yeah like twenty percent of yeah. what you were in your twenties. Right. To, Which is when why you're in like seventies, eighties.
1: That fountain of youth hormone. That's mm-hmm. you know that's where that supplementation with DHA comes in, right? Mm-hmm. That you're yeah. trying to get that. So let me just butt.
0: bore you with this, but this is amazing <laughs> what DHEA does. So it d- decreases mm. allergic reactions, your cholesterol, formation of fatty deposits, helps you deal with stress, helps your body repair itself, maintain your tissues increases bone growth, brain function, lean body mass, sense of well-being, lowers triglycerides, prevents blood clots, promotes weight loss, reduces insulin resistance, spikes in blood sugar, and supports immune systems. I would read this to people and they go, can I just have some like right now? I mean, yeah. it, it, it does seem like the wonder drug, I mean, mm-hmm. wonder hormone. And if you're so low when you're young, then I always worry about these people having, you know, osteoporosis early on, um,
2: cardiovascular disease. There's so many implications of having low DHEA. Oh yeah. Yeah, That's it's amazing. very risky and and it's also indicative of how the adrenal glands are doing, right? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's a good indicative. good way yeah. to take a look at those and see how they're doing.
0: Yeah, when you yeah. see like you, to your point, Candace, you see that you said you saw more high cortisol, low cortisol, low high DHA. I would see the I opposite. Do. Yeah, I see the high cortisol in and younger women yes. or older women, stressed oh. out women before bedtime, high cortisol yeah. spiking, and then their DHA mm-hmm. is flat because they are just now in a decompensation yeah. mode. they're on that lower end of the cortisol yeah. curve, and they need some help.
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I I see a lot of women when they're because obviously by the time they're getting to us, a lot of times they're very burned out with their adrenals. And so <laughs> everything's kind of stopped being produced. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we're definitely seeing that low DHA and low cortisol by the time it's getting to kind of my level where they're looking at supplementation. So it's usually where I'm seeing them because I wonder if you're seeing it earlier on people who are being a little bit more proactive, uh, whereas we're often seeing years of this stress kind mm-hmm. of hit in the body and they're just done. They need help.
1: Yeah. And, and, may, yeah. and so many people will say, but I'm, I'm so stressed. You know, I mm-hmm. thought my levels would be through the roof. And they're yeah. not often. <sighs> a, a, cortisol levels anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the DHEA being an adrenal hormone is often lower. But in older women, I just see in these younger, like 30 through 40 that are spinning and doing the high intensity stuff, those DHEA levels are high. Their cortisol levels in the morning are usually low. They can't get out of bed. Well, of they're course really they can. tired. Yeah. They're burned yeah. out. They don't sleep well. Um, and they have no yeah. libido. Right. And so I always wonder why is their DHEA high? If it's high, why because they're either because they're in a chronic stress mode or in a chronic overworkout mode, or whatever it is, because D- but DHA is supposed to be buffering cortisol. Mm-hmm. I, it just it just seems confusing to me. And if their DHA is high, why is it not converting to provide more testosterone? Um, you know that. How do you move things down the right pathways? How, mm-hmm. What can we take or do
2: to get th- something to convert to help us get yeah. to that place? Well, certainly you need the liver to be working, right? Mm-hmm. So you need so, to clear yeah. the liver. That's super important. That's where DIM that. comes in.
0: Mm-hmm. DIM and. And, and maybe taking some, uh, you know, milk thistle yep. and things like mm-hmm. that. And watching your alcohol intake. Mm-hmm. You know, all your crucif- de- cruciferous vegetables mm-hmm. are really important. All those antioxidants. Yeah. Yes. And nutrition. I mean, getting That's back dim. to uh, probably a lot of the people you see are probably under eating like you've mentioned before not getting yes. enough protein vegan diets uh-huh. those are all big mm-hmm. stresses on our bodies we're sort of meant to eat a balanced diet Yeah, and you know a have, lot of food restriction going on yeah so mm-hmm. that's not good yeah. so yeah. i think and then also you know i'm sure you guys have heard this recently too in the news about some of these companies like even in china or even in our country people are working 80 to 100 hours a week now if you're not burning out your adrenals with that uh, um, uh, what is, you know. Right. It's kind of, and then you're balancing the children and the, and your finances. I think we have to get back to basics. Mm-hmm. What do you... I mean, you can't just... I, I My mantra with people is, okay, you came in, you saw me, you had X, Y, and Z symptom. I tested you, you have these levels of hormones. I'm going to correct these levels with you. However, if you don't do the work, we're never going to get you balanced because I'll get you feeling better, but it's not going to last. So we have to yeah. always dial it back and say, what my work is this, but your work is that. Yeah. It's not a magic bullet. No, It's it's going to help
2: support your system so Mm -hmm. you can do it, but you still need to do the mental piece and the physical piece and the lifestyle and the, you know, setting good boundaries and the self care. People want the diet
0: pill. It's like, I want to die. I want to just want a pill to lose weight. It's like, uh, no, it's just not going to work. You know, You, you, It just doesn't work. You have to be able to do the work.
1: See, this is a good example. I was talking to a woman the other day that's been on diet pills for years. She calls them appetite suppressants Mm. because she doesn't like eating. She doesn't like the feeling of when she's not taking them, she starts to be hungry and wants to eat, and she can't stand that. So, I mean, it's kind of an issue with Mm. she's also on anti-anxiety drugs, and her main concern was I don't care about anything but the fact that my hair is falling out. (laughs) Poly- <laughs> I
2: mean, you can't fix that. You yeah. can't fix that and, with a hormone pill. And, and right. she had
1: high DHEA levels, low cortisol, low testosterone. But the high DHEA, the high androgens, we see scalp I'd, hair loss. I'd love to mm-hmm. measure her
0: neurotransmitters. Because yeah. I mean that woman has... I mean, that's the, that's the other thing you have to think about is that when people have... Uh, I remember learning this from a gal I used to go see years ago. When you can't get people's hormones balanced, oftentimes you need to look at their neurotransmitters because a lot of times their anxiety mm-hmm. levels are so high or their depression is so profound that you've got to correct that as well with supporting those. It, it, again, it's a fine balance. You can't just treat the hormones always.
1: Yeah, We're you can't keep... just take something. No. You have to look. I mean, if you That's get cool. to that place, then you're – but. It's a different story between young people who have low levels who shouldn't have low levels. We're talking about how much testosterone is created by the ovaries, so a good 25%. -hmm. So if there's disruption of ovarian hormone production because... You're vegan, or you're not getting enough protein, or you know you're restricting foods. Mm -hmm. You're under eating. You have little body fat. You're you know working all the time and don't know how Mm -hmm. to turn off. And it's it's interesting during the pandemic. You would think people would have sort of kind of calmed down. They don't have to get out and get dressed and go to work. And but I think they're sort of staying up later and they're on their computer later and they're getting less sleep and they're anxious. I don't I don't know. Routines have been disrupted. Yeah, Mm -hmm. everything's disrupted. There's this hesitancy about how to do things right. Well, you couldn't go to the gym until people bought
0: Pelotons, and you Mm -hmm. couldn't do this. Some people couldn't Mm -hmm. even leave their places. Remember, for a while, there were certain parts of the country they couldn't go outside. Mm -hmm. New York, you know, you weren't even allowed like an hour a day maybe just to go to the grocery store. That's been a rough time. And like for us, we have this beautiful outdoors here. We can get outside. We can walk. But there's some places in the country you couldn't do that. It was cold. Mm -hmm. You know, it was dark. It's just people had to function and figure out new ways of doing things. Everything was... It was like being in a new country
2: with new rules. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and think about the media consumption, and that's very fear based. So you're constantly stimulating the amygdala in the brain and that fear response and that (laughs) dopamine addiction of, I have to read the next story. I know. But they're dark. And so all of that is very permeating. And now over a year out that languishing that you mentioned right because people are in this high alert and this like fear and now it's burned out and and a lot of people are in this languishing where we feel so close and yet you see these waves keep coming Mm -hmm. and it gets further and so it's
0: a huge piece it's probably almost like how our adrenals have been attacked you know it's our whole but the way people are are responding right now that sort of you know, you see people still walking down the street with their masks on, and we know we don't need to now. And it's kind of, but people are having a hard time letting go and resuming a normal lifestyle again. They don't mm-hmm. know how, how to reintegrate. And I know a few people that I, I was talking to a friend about this today who have been so isolated that they're really having a hard time coming back into the world.
1: Yes. You noticed that? Yeah,
2: I have definitely heard people say I don't remember how to do small talk. I know. <laughs> how did a lot I used of to people socialize? Are saying that socially yeah. feeling
1: socially awkward. Yeah. yeah. But this just makes the point that this is an overall it's a holistic piece balancing hormones whatever the hormones are is all about, you know, all those other things, the, the main essentials like good good food, all the the protein, the fiber, the you know, the good fats, so important. Are we eating properly? Are we noticing? I think some people are noticing their habits more. Like this period has let them, if ever there was a time to be here now. Yeah. But, you know, a lot of people are paying more attention to the objects of their daily neglect, as some people have put it. Mm-hmm. And I think that was a good way to, to think about it. Noticing, I'm, for myself, I've noticed, I don't, I don't have really, I thought I had good nutrition habits, but actually, I had noticed that I don't really eat much in the morning, and then i make the argument oh well that's good for my insulin sensitivity because i'm doing intermittent fasting yeah. and that's another subject of you and know now they saying maybe it's not
0: as good mm-hmm. as we thought you know right. so it's kind of interesting that's but you know these kind of things we talked about it is it good it's probably good for people who have insulin resistance but it's probably not so good for people who don't
2: right, right. Yeah. So, well yeah and think about effects on your thyroid hormones mm-hmm. we know when you go if you don't eat long enough, we immediately go into starvation mode. We start making things that block those receptors. All of a sudden, thyroid, which helps your metabolism get shut off. And we know thyroid is tied into your sex hormones, is tied into adrenal. They all work together. And so we're certainly throwing that off. And, and, you know, you're talking a lot about people who have been at home, but, you know, for us, like in healthcare, we've gone into work every day. And we've worked very long hours and every single piece to our job is harder right now.
0: Uh, I, and I, yes, yeah, it was hard. You had to wear a mask all mm-hmm. the time. You couldn't do the same same things. You had yeah. everything was different. We have harder. to distance.
2: We have to clean. We have mm. to, um, you know patients can't walk in the front door you don't get that face to face you know it's can't just put it's... Through
1: your hand on their shoulder and say yeah. how can i help mm-hmm. or just and a touch. little bit of human yeah.
0: touch has yeah. been so different i had a friend yeah. come up to me today he said i know you've been vaccinated i've been vaccinated i'm giving everybody a hug mm-hmm. it, it feels so good to hug again yeah. or you know yeah. we were talking my husband and i my son and i were talking about is the handshake gone are we going to start doing the really cool oh, fun yeah. handshakes again? right with the elbows yeah exactly so i think you know this year has had has had a huge toll on us taking a big toll um yeah so
1: and we're not exactly feeling sexy so we've no, been talking, sure yeah <laughs> we've been t- we've been talking about low levels of these androgens mm-hmm. and you know the different the different mm-hmm. effects the loss of muscle mass the loss of strength and stamina the um the lower levels will affect our weight of course because mm-hmm. we lose muscle mass body fat rushes in to replace it the lower levels will make us feel less mentally clear less mm-hmm. mentally sharp um and then of course you know the drive in general the sex drive the competitive drive and then on the flip side so that i'd, I'd say all you know older and younger women we see suffering mm-hmm. from all mm-hmm. of those symptoms but then we see the flip side where the high levels yep. are creating a whole nother kind of havoc and speaking of that sort of havoc, we are going to take a break from this conversation today and go on to a whole nother part two that talks about the havoc of high androgens. And that'll get into PCOS, etc. So ladies, great job today. We had a great thoroughgoing discussion and there's so much more. So let's look forward to part two and um, we'll see you next time. Well, Here we are at the end of this WTF Woman Talking Frankly podcast episode. In signing off, we want you to remember that what you are feeling is not all in your head. And that you have so many options to choose from to get you back to balanced living. Until next time, be
0: well. And remember, if you want a great life, you need to ask great questions. Be
1: courageous. Ask for what you need. With love, Kyle and Candace. Our website is womentalkingfrankly.com, where you can find all of our episodes, check out the show notes for resources, articles, and remedies, and where you can also feel free to email us with any questions, a hormone story, anything you'd like us to share with our listeners. Women Talking Frankly,
0: WTF, is produced by Dan Rigger of Medicine Whistle Studios in his lovely Southeast Portland, Oregon studio. We want to thank our webmaster and dear friend, Deb Hollister of Pure and Simple Graphic Design. We also want to give a shout out to all of our family, friends, and patients for all of their support and encouragement to start this podcast. We are your hosts, Kyle McAvoy and Candace Birch.